Uh, so, one day, uh, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. And he saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake because they were fishermen, and that's what fishermen do. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, they left their nets, and they followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, uh, James, who was the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with their father Zebedee, and they were preparing their nets. And Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. Uh, this past uh, summer, uh, I got a pretty cool opportunity. As some of you guys know, uh, I was on sabbatical. Uh, so uh, the elders and uh, all of you uh, gave me two months to be able to just take off from work responsibilities and spend intentional time to focus on, on myself, on family, and on my relationship with Jesus. Uh, and we spent a month of that time in the country of Guatemala. Uh, and, and our goal of uh, going down there was we really wanted to just kind of immerse ourselves in living in a different culture. So we got a house that was just like in a normal neighborhood. Uh, we shopped at the local market. Uh, we enrolled our kids in one of the local schools. And one of the things that uh, I wanted to do is I wanted to find a local running group. Uh, I, I do long distance uh, running is one of my hobbies. Uh, and one of the things that I found, and this is true of running, um, but it's just kind of like a good life metaphor too, is that you always run faster, you run longer, and you run more often when you're running with a group of people. Uh, and so I knew that if I wanted to keep uh, growing as a runner while I was there, then I needed to not do it by myself. I needed to find a group. Uh, so I uh, searched around and uh, put out uh, feelers to a couple different, and I found that there was a guy named Edgar. Uh, and it turns out that Edgar had a group that met every morning, six days a week. They took Saturdays off, but six days a week they met at 5.30 in the morning. So that, that's Edgar, and, that, and that's me. Uh, and uh, kind of got connected with him. And actually, it was my wife, who, uh, Ashley, and she started to communicate back and forth with Edgar because Edgar uh, only spoke Spanish. He didn't speak any English, and I don't speak any Spanish. And so there was like, this big communication challenge. Um, but I found out like where they meet. They meet in front of his shop, uh, and then found out that they meet at 530 in the morning. So early one morning, I got up, I got on my running stuff, and I jogged over to the shop, and I got there first, and so I was just kind of waiting, and then pretty soon some other people came, and I was hoping that at least one of them would speak some English, that way I would be able to communicate a little bit, but it turns out the whole group got there, and all of them only spoke Spanish, uh, and I only speak English, so it's just like this group of people, and they're all kind of like staring, like, what's up with this gringo that's like hanging out with us, and uh, standing there, and, like, and just kind of waiting, and then finally, Edgar comes up to me, and he points at his watch, and then he gives me the thumbs up, and he just starts going. And so I was like, I guess we're going. And whether you're a runner or not, I think you kind of understand this. There's certain things that you want to know before you're going to go on a run, like, for instance, 
How far are we going to go? Are we going around the block? Are we going a couple miles? Are we going lots of miles? uh, How fast are we going to go? Where exactly are we going? I didn't know any of that. All I knew was that Edgar was moving, and so off we go. So pretty soon, I'm following Edgar through the streets of Guatemala. Uh, We're in one village, and then we get out of that village, and then we're like going towards that volcano, which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty soon we're just out in the middle of the forest and still running and going up hills and down hills and then through another little village. And what I knew is that no matter what, I was going to follow Edgar wherever he was going to go. Because now I had no idea where I was. I had no idea how to get home. If Edgar was going to go left, I was going left. If Edgar was going right, I was going right. If Edgar sped up, if Edgar slowed down, I wasn't going to run ahead of Edgar. That wasn't going to work well. Uh, I wasn't going to try to get too far behind Edgar or I would get lost. I was just going to try to stay as close as I could because my best bet for having a good time that day, my safety, my my whole kind of welfare was seeing how close I could stay and how well I could follow behind Edgar. And it turned out great. Uh, It was a good run. And for the next month, as far as running goes at least, I dedicated myself to meet with Edgar on early mornings and to follow him wherever he was going. And here's why I bring that up. Uh, starting today and going really all the way until the summer, uh, but specifically till Easter, uh, we're going to start a series that is about how we as a group of people can best follow Jesus. Because uh, my biggest my agenda from now until Easter, and really our agenda, like always as a church, is I want to do whatever we can. We want to give you whatever tools, programs, uh, the reason why we do these Sunday services twice a month, the reason why everything else, all those other tools and programs that are in your program there, they are all, all about this idea of how can we best follow Jesus. And here's why I think it matters so much. Because there's lots of different people that you can follow in life. Uh, If you decided that you wanted to fly down to Guatemala, you could follow Edgar. And I'm convinced that if you started following Edgar on a regular basis, you would become a better runner if that's what you decided you want. But who knows about the rest of life? But here's what Jesus says about himself. Is that the reason why he came is that he came so that we can have full and lasting life. So that the way that life was always meant to be, if you want a full life as far as how you feel on the inside, if you want a full life for how relationships look, if you want a full life, what Jesus says is the way to get it is by following him. And that's what I want for myself. That's what I want for my family. That's what I want for every single one of you. Uh, So today I just want to do a little bit of an introduction of what this looks like, this idea of following. Because when it comes to following Jesus, it's kind of this big, broad concept. Uh, And so here's a couple things. Uh, First, uh, the idea of following, it's bigger than just activity. Uh, Sometimes we can think of going to church, that's like a good thing, or reading your Bible, or uh, praying. There's lots of different activities that you can do in the pursuit of following Jesus. Jesus, but just doing activity does not necessarily mean that you're following. And and some of us know this in very real ways, because we've had experiences in our life where for a lot of times maybe we were very busy with church activity, or maybe you know someone, and they were very busy with church activity, 
but they weren't really following Jesus. And part of the reason why you know that is because all that activity was not leading to a full life. It was leading to an exhausted life, a burnout life, uh, a life full of maybe guilt and shame. And it's so following is more than just being involved in activity. So as we're talking over the next couple months, what I don't want to hear you saying is that we want you to get a lot more busy with activities. You might end up adding activities to your life, but that's not our goal. We want you to follow Jesus, and following Jesus is bigger, broader uh, than just being a part of activities. Uh, secondly, following is more than just knowledge. Uh, again, there's so many things that you can know. There's so many things that you can know about the Bible. There's so many things you can know about Jesus. So many you can know about the, the, the context and the history, and uh, you can search different languages. And like, when it comes to the idea of like studying Christian ideas, church history over the last 2,000 years, there is so much that you can know. And I would love for you to know some things. But just knowing more does not necessarily make you a follower of Jesus. And actually, it's very possible, and some of you again have lived this, some of you have known people, where their, their knowledge was very, very great. They knew all kinds of things about Scripture. They knew all, they could quote all kinds of different things. But when you looked at their life, or maybe when you looked at your life, it was not a full life. Uh, they weren't living with that Jesus hope, peace, patience. They just knew a lot. So again, over the next couple months as we talk about this, there might very well be some things that you learn and you know, and there might be some things that we even encourage you uh, to read or some things that we want you to expand your mind with, and that's all good. But more than just knowing more, we want you to become a follower of Jesus. Uh, and then lastly, following is more than just believing. Uh, and this can be a big thing for a lot of us too. Because uh, a lot of us, maybe some of our stumbling blocks, uh, or maybe for some of our friends or some of our neighbors, some of the big stumbling blocks uh, to coming to Christianity is believing, especially some of the supernatural stuff. So when it comes to miracles, uh, we just did Christmas and the virgin birth, when it comes to angels, you know, there's just all kinds of things are like, I just, I don't know if I can wrap my scientific, logical mind around all of that. And so there's all kinds of questions and doubts, and you can wrestle with that. Uh, but then sometimes you get to a point where it's like, okay, I, I think I've kind of made peace with this. Like, I don't know if I believe everything, but I think that if I pray, God can do supernatural things. And maybe that's because of an experience that you've had. Uh, or maybe these parts of the supernatural in the Bible, th these things I've kind of term, come to terms with, and now I believe in these things. And that can be a huge step when you decide that you believe in some sort of like supernatural reality. But just because you believe in something, miracle, whatever it might be, that does not necessarily mean that you are a follower of Jesus. And it's very possible for you to kind of wrap your mind around some sort of supernatural idea and not be a follower of Jesus. And actually, and this will be really good news for some of us, it's possible to follow Jesus and to not have come to terms and believe some of the different supernatural things yet. And it's possible for us to follow Jesus and not know a lot of the things. It's possible for us to follow Jesus and not be involved in all the activity yet. Uh, so that's what following Jesus is not. Uh, and here's a couple things about what following Jesus does look like. 
Uh, this is a quote from a guy named uh, Dallas Willard, who's a great guy, explains so greatly uh, what this idea of discipleship following Jesus looks like. And here's one of the things he says. He says, as Jesus' disciple, which is another term for following, I am his apprentice, which is another great term for the idea of following. In kingdom living, I am learning from him how to lead my life in the kingdom of the heavens, as he would lead my life if he were I. And that's one of the big things that we want to develop over the next couple months. And I, and some of you, you're already in the process of this. Some of you have already been doing this for years. Some of this is a brand new beginning point. But one of the things that we want you to do as we learn to better or begin to follow Jesus is to ask that question, how would Jesus lead my life if he were in my shoes? If Jesus woke up and if, if he was going home to my family, and all the, the good things and bad things and stresses and fights. And how would Jesus treat my family? If Jesus all of a sudden had my salary. If Jesus all of a sudden lived in my neighborhood. If Jesus all of a sudden lived in this neighborhood. And all the good things and all the issues and everything that goes along with living in this neighborhood. If Jesus were to all of a sudden be able to have all of my opportunities, what would he do? And I think that's kind of part of the first question is just to kind of wrap our minds around just what would Jesus do? And then if it's different than what we would normally do to say, now, now I have a choice. <laughs> uh, here's what I think Jesus would do if he had my salary. And here's kind of like what I would like to do with my salary. Uh, here's what I think Jesus would do with that annoying roommate, that annoying coworker. Here's how I would like to treat them and decide that I'm going to follow Jesus' way. What would Jesus do, and how could I follow it? Uh, here's another way to think about it. Uh, this came from, uh, there's an app that we encourage you, it's in your program, uh, called Lectio 365. This actually came up in the Lectio this past Friday, so some of you might have seen it. Uh, we've been playing that, just kind of cool uh, a coincidence. But here's what they said. Uh, again, Jesus says, follow me, says Jesus. Learning in his day was hands-on, life-on-life learning. And that's a big piece of what we're going to talk about over the next couple months, is that what we want to talk about as far as learning how to follow Jesus is not just like an abstract, far-back kind of studying Jesus, but it's actually living our day-to-day life with him. Uh, here's a little bit of what it looks like. Uh, next Monday, uh, we'll celebrate uh, Martin Luther King Day. Uh, which would be a great thing. And it would be one thing if you heard of someone who had been studying Martin Luther King Jr. They'd, you know, they, they've read all of his different sermons. They've read his books. You know, they've really studied who he was and what he stood for. Like, that would be a significant thing. That person would potentially be a, a good follower of Martin Luther King Jr. But if you ran into someone else, and there's folks like this out there, who you found out that they had actually lived the life with Martin Luther King Jr. They had, for months, for years of their life, they had traveled with him. They ate dinner with him. They saw him before the speech. They saw him after the speech. They were part of his inner circle. Like, what would they know that you couldn't get just from studying from afar? And what we're going to talk about over the next couple months is not how we can just, like, from like a distance 2,000 years removed. But what we believe, and some of you might already believe, some of you might come to believe, is that it's possible right now 
to walk with Jesus hands-on, life-on-life, every day of your life. You can wake up with Jesus, you can eat breakfast with Jesus, you can go to work with Jesus, you can drive with Jesus, and just have your life changed by living your life with him. Uh, and we're going to talk about what that looks like. Uh, it goes on, uh, Eugene Peterson, I said, go back one, Azen. Uh, Eugene Peterson described Jesus' invitation succinctly. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Again, that's what we want to encourage over the next couple months. Uh, again, just kind of by way of introduction as we're going into this. Again, this is the, you can go to the next one now. Uh, this is the call that all of us, I think, are called to, to, to come and follow Jesus. And so to, to kind of open our minds a little bit of what this might look like and maybe just some of the things that maybe God has already called you to or will call you to, uh, I wanted to uh, this morning share a few of my own uh, personal stories uh, because I'm 42 now. Uh, I've been following Jesus in a semi-seriously way, really since I was like 10, 11 years old. In like sixth grade, uh, some uh, things happened in our life that really helped shape me more to Jesus as like a very uh, young person. And then it's kind of grown uh, ever since then. And so I want to stress in all these stories, uh, these are things I'm doing very imperfectly. Uh, So I by no means am saying that I have like perfectly followed Jesus in my life. There's all kinds of ways where I have intentionally decided to not follow Jesus and have different stories about that. And I'm sure I'll share some of those over the next two months. But I've had a privilege to be able to walk enough in the footsteps of Jesus that I think that I can share just like some of the things that maybe that you've already experienced, maybe that you will experience as you really, if you decide that you want to step into this idea of following Jesus and maybe just kind of open your creativity of maybe some of the things that maybe God is calling you to, to call him, uh, to follow him. Uh, So here's a couple of the stories I want to share uh, for this morning. Uh, First, uh, one of the first big decisions uh, where I really felt like I was like following Jesus in a big way was where I was going to move after I graduated college. Uh, So I had two big job offers. Uh, I had one here in Albany and I had one in Phoenix and they were both good. They both had pros. They both had cons. And like I legitimately didn't know. Uh, And I've shared this story before, uh, but I I bought a postcard. I bought a postcard from Albany and a postcard from Phoenix and I put them up in my dorm room. And I just spent a couple months just praying about where God wanted me to go. And it was one of the first times in my life that I really felt like that God was like giving me a direction of, I want you to follow me, and I want you to follow me to Albany. And I think this is like a significant thing for like some of us are deciding like where maybe Jesus is leading. Because this was not a matter of like right or wrong. It wasn't, the move to Phoenix wasn't a wrong decision. And some of the ways in which God is leading you isn't between like, you know, is this a right thing? Is this a sinful thing? It's just a, where is God leading you in your life? And for some of you, there's maybe a place that God is calling you to right now. That God is asking you to come and follow him. Uh, and maybe some, some kind of clarity will come over the next two months as we discuss all this. Uh, one of the next ones in my life uh, had to do with uh, generosity. Uh, I grew up uh, in church, and so kind of the idea of giving money was always like a regular thing. So uh, we would have different organizations come to our church, and we'd hear about needs in the community. And so we'd you know, give money here and there and give money to church here and there. But it was always very sporadic. It was always, you know, like, okay, you know, oh, let me open my wallet and see, you know, do I have any extra money? You know, then maybe I'll give some. If I don't have any extra money, I guess I won't today. It was very much based off of feel and spontaneity and just kind of going along with the flow. 
But somewhere in my 20s, I just felt this thing where I felt like God was calling me to live an intentional, generous life. Uh, and one of the first things, and this is just my story, I relate to your own as best you, as you can, but one of the things I felt like God was calling us to is in my growing up, there was always this idea of like, if you could give 10%, that was kind of like, it's like big number. So it's like, oh, okay, could we work where we were giving 10% of our money away? And that was something that Ash and I worked for for a little while. Uh, and then we kind of got this like other leading where it's like, we were giving uh, 10% of our gross, so like before insurance and all that kind of, but then what if we were able to give 10% of the net? If we were able to, you know, give that away to all kinds of different needs. And then we had this thing, of, we felt like God was calling us to, you give 10%, what if you gave 11%? Did you give 12, 13? And for the last 20 or so years, we feel like we've been on this journey of God just like, kind of saying like, can you be even a little bit, a little bit more generous? Uh, and it's been just kind of an amazing thing as we followed Jesus uh, in that journey. Uh, another big one uh, for us uh, has to do with uh, serving. Uh, somewhere uh, along the way, I got introduced to a bunch of teachings uh, where Jesus, I saw that one of the things that Jesus was regularly doing was he was regularly spending time with poor and marginalized people. And so I kind of had this thought in my mind, in my spirit, that if I'm going to follow Jesus, then I need to be spending regular time with poor and marginalized people. And I looked around at the people I was normally spending time with, and that was not the world in which I was spending my time. And so Ash and I kind of felt this like move that we need to spend more intentional time with folks that were just kind of a couple rungs lower than us on the ladder. And in some ways were actually higher than us on the ladder. It's kind of one of the learnings we've had uh, by working with different people. Uh, so we started uh, traveling outside the country. It's kind of our first journey and working with uh, different people in different uh, villages across the country. And then we were introduced to lots of different things here in Albany. We started working with different organizations uh, in our city. And so much of kind of the DNA of what we've been trying to do as a church, of trying to just be involved in our community and serve our community, all kind of comes out of this journey that started for some of you and for myself, of Jesus just saying, come and spend time with these people. Come and spend time in this neighborhood. Come and pay attention to this cause. Come and let your heart be moved by this thing. Uh, and it's been a, just a really uh, amazing process. Uh, this next one uh, was pretty big, and a lot of you guys can uh, have seen this journey play out. And I think this is a super interesting one, uh, because Sabbath, it's the idea of taking one solid day off each week for rest and relaxation and feasting. And this is something that we've talked about, or especially I've talked about, for a lot of years. Uh, some of you uh, might remember if you've been around for a long time now, we're about a nine-year-old church now. And nine years ago, we were meeting in a hallway uh, across the city in Sage College. And there was just about 15, 20 of us back in those days. And it was this little bitty group. And we spent, around this time of the year, nine years ago, we spent a lot of time with that group talking about what kind of a church we were going to become. And I remember that I spent at least two of those hallway meetings intentionally laying out this idea that we are going to be a group of people who practice Sabbath. I said it. I knew it. I believed it. And then for basically the last seven years, I did not live it at all. And many of you who saw me living my life, saw us living our life, you saw that. We were just working, 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 busy, 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 busy. 
And then somewhere in the craziness of the last few years of the pandemic, uh, God's finally gotten a hold of us and he just kind of kept calling us like, come on, you take a break. You don't need to work so much. You don't need to keep doing all this stuff. You can take time for your family. You don't need to answer every email that comes in today. You don't need to. Finally hearing that call, we, we listened and it's just been life-changing uh, over the last few years. It's been amazing. Uh, Next one, uh, loving our neighbors. Uh, again, one of the things you see uh, in Jesus is he's just always just spending time with the people around him and loving the people that are there. And I just think you can't really follow Jesus if you don't love your neighbors. And so years ago, uh, we kind of got that in our minds and our hearts, and we thought that's going to be a problem because we don't know any of our neighbors. Uh, we don't know their names. Uh, and so back uh, when we still lived in Gildeland, we lived in an apartment, uh, we started taking intentional time to get to know our neighbors, and then we started to invite our neighbors over for parties and for dinners, uh, and then when we bought our house here in Albany, then we started to get to know our neighbors there, and we've just been on this journey of God saying, we want you to not just to, like see your house as a place that you live, but we want you to see it as, I've placed you in this place for a specific reason, and what would I do, what would Jesus do? If, if, if I lived in your neighborhood, well, I would get to know the people, and I would listen to them. And if they had things going on, if they had things that they needed help with in their yard, at their house, or if they needed a friend, or if they just wanted to get together for parties, I would be at the center of that. And so we've been trying to follow that. Uh, two more. Uh, this next one is a not as fun one. Uh, I, I won't go as deep into this. But there's definitely been numerous times over the last few years, uh, and I can think of a, a couple, where I just, there's something going on in my life that maybe I hadn't been as honest with people as what I needed to be. Uh, sometimes there was something going on in my life that I was struggling with and no one else knew. And one of those kind of things kind of wells up of like, I think other people need to know. I think you need to be honest. I think there needs to be some confession in your life and some vulnerability. And to take that step can feel incredibly scary. Uh, but just that, if you want to just come, follow me. It's okay. Be honest. Open up. Create deep relationships in your life. Uh, and that's been a whole deal. Uh, then the last one uh, is something that is uh, new for this year. So uh, as maybe as some of you, I've been praying, getting ready for 2023 and trying to figure out kind of, God, where are you leading me to this year? Uh, and one of the things that's kind of kept coming up is this idea of just gratefulness and thankfulness. Uh, that there's way too many times in my life where the people in my life that like, I'm so indebted to, that, that I love so much, and that in my, my mind, I'm like, oh, I just, I, I, they make me smile whenever I see them. But the amount of times that I actually go out of my way to be grateful for them and thankful. And again, that's something that we've talked about routinely in the history of our church. I just suck at it. And so I want to, God's calling me, following me to be thankful. Again, that's just, I just want to share a few of mine, because my thought is that that is true for every single one of you. That many of you have stories already where God has called you to follow, and you've, take, and you've taken God up on that, and you've followed him. And one of the things I think would be super cool over the next couple months is if we just got into a real rhythm of sharing those stories. Uh, that if in your small group, in your one-on-one, -on -one, as you all have stories about times where you felt like God was putting something on your heart, on your mind, and asking you to follow, and you've taken that, and now you can like share. I, I think it would be so cool if we just were sharing those stories on a regular basis. But maybe one of those, or maybe something else, there's something that you already know, 
that God's calling you to. God's asking you to follow him. That God's asking, saying, if, if I was living your life, here's what I would do. And I know here's what you would do, here's what you have been doing, but God's calling you to something different. And over the next few months, we want to walk together as a community to help us to be able to take some steps to actually do that. Uh, a couple of things uh, I want to let us know about following for today. Uh, the first is that following is open to everybody. Uh, and one of the cool things that we'll see as we look at the folks that Jesus asked to follow him was that he kind of went out of his way to make sure that we knew that this is for everybody. Uh, so people that were big-time sinners, people whose lives were just a mess and a wreck, like Jesus regularly asked them to follow him. So if you feel like your life has just been like a disaster of sin and mistakes, you're invited to follow. Uh, people that were unbelievers, people that had doubts and questions, he was regularly asking them to follow him. And, I think, again, this is good news, they didn't have to figure out all those beliefs before they started following Often their belief and their trust in God grew as they followed. And it took years sometimes. So you can start following Jesus way before you believe some of the different things, uh, or if, even if you ever do. Uh, and then uh, the marginalized people that were just felt like they were on the, on, on the fringes of society, uh, maybe even as you sit here amongst this group of people, you just feel like an outsider to some extent, and just, you are invited to follow. Uh, another thing uh, about following... Uh, following is not about a one-time decision, um, but following is about a lifestyle. Uh, this isn't about a one time over the next couple months you might say, like, okay, fine, yeah, I'm going to check a box, and now I'm going to follow Jesus, and then you, you move on the rest of your life. This is an everyday sort of thing. Uh, this is uh, what we talk about uh, with baptism a lot, uh, is that there's, there's kind of milestones in relationships. Um, but this, it's not about like this like one-time deal. Uh, so what we talk about with baptism is that it's kind of like a, a, a romantic relationship. There's like, might be a moment, you know, where like you notice someone for the first time, like, oh, I think I'd like to get to know them a little bit better. And then as things go well, you might start to date them on a regular basis. Then you might decide you want to get engaged. And then there's a moment where you decide, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with people. And that's the marriage ceremony. That's how we talk about baptism. But that's, that's not the point, is the one-time decision of, okay, I'm going to marry you. It's now we're actually going to be married. Now I'm actually going to live the rest of my life with you. And then we talk about following Jesus. That's what we're looking for, is uh, every single morning, every single day, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to live life uh, with you. Uh, next thing uh, I want to make sure we know, following is not about completing a to-do list. Following is about a relationship with Jesus. This isn't about, okay, let me just get a list of all the things that Jesus did in his life, and now I'm going to do those things in my life too. This is about actually having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, again, kind of thinking about like a romantic relationship. This isn't about, okay, now I'm married, so now I'm going to clean the house, and I'm going to take care of chores, and I'm going to do date nights, I'm going to get flowers. It's, it's about, I want to actually be in a relationship. Uh, the, the goal of this whole thing is not to like complete a list and to somehow like, if I do all these things, now I can have a full life. The full life comes when we're in a relationship with Jesus. And all the activities, all the knowledge, all the belief, all those are leading us to actually being able to live each day with Jesus in relationship. And that's what develops the full life. Uh, and then last thing uh, I want to make sure that we know as we're starting this. Uh, is that following is not about earning 
love or grace. Uh, this isn't a matter of, okay, God is kind of standing back and you're watching the way. It, but somehow if we start to do these things, now God will give us love. Now God will give us grace. God already loves you completely. Uh, God already is giving you as much grace as he can possibly give you in any given moment. What this is about is helping us to actually experience it and live in it. Because it's so easy to live our lives, and even though God is just like pouring love down, we, we don't feel it. And we don't feel the love of God. And even though God is pouring grace down on us, we just don't feel the grace that Jesus is giving us. And we live in guilt and shame instead. And so as we start to follow Jesus, it just opens up our minds, it opens up our hearts so that we can actually experience and feel what Jesus has been giving us our whole life, but now we just kind of have the eyes to see, the ears to hear. And so, for the next few months, we're going to give this invitation for you to begin or for you to go even further in following Jesus. Um, Because one day, Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and that's what he did 2,000 years ago. But I think today it could easily be said that Jesus was walking through an old auditorium of a Lutheran church. And later today that Jesus is walking through a sports bar if you're watching the football game. Or Jesus was walking through the living room of a house or of an apartment. Uh, that tomorrow Jesus is walking through the hallways of Albany High or through Hackett Middle School. Uh, that Jesus is walking through the halls of uh, state offices. And he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Or he could say he saw John. Or he saw you. And they were kind of doing their normal thing uh, in the lake, for they were fishermen. But Jesus says, come and follow me, Jesus said. And I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and they followed him. And I hope that we begin this journey or continue this journey together of following who Jesus is. Uh, one uh, last thing, kind of practically, uh, before we end today, if you're looking at how can I even start this journey, what does this look like? Uh, for the next week. And so starting today, if you would like, uh, and going all next week until hopefully you meet with your small group next Sunday, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but hopefully if you're not involved in a small group, hopefully you can get involved in one. Uh, But here's what I would love for all of us to do, is to say this same prayer each day for the next seven days, and then when we get together with our groups next week, talk about how it looked. Uh, So here's the first part of the prayer, is God, where are you already at work? Because what we believe is that God is already doing something in your house. He just wants you to follow along with what he's already been trying to do in your family or in your home. That God has already been at work in your friend group. That God has already been at work in your office. That God has already been at work in whatever circumstance you already find yourself in. That God is already, but maybe we've been so busy with our own agenda, we've just been missing it. And so ask, God, what, how are you already at work? Uh, and the next question, how can I join? How can I be a part of that? 
And that's really Jesus' offer to, I want you to come and follow me and be a part of what I'm already doing in your life, in your family, wherever it might be. And then to actually follow, to actually take the step of actually obeying. And I think that if you took the time to pray that every day this week, then some things would start to bubble up in your mind, would bubble up in, in your heart and soul, however that works inside of us. And you would feel like you have a decision point. And, and I would love for you to be able, and, and when we get together next week, some of us will talk about really big things maybe that God called us to, or maybe it's like super small little tiny things. Uh, there'll be times where we went ahead, we actually followed, and those are super fun to share. And there's times where we're like, you know, I, I felt like this is what God wanted me to do, but like I just wasn't quite ready yet. And so I, that could be really great to share too, but I would love for you guys to be able to talk about that and share that. Uh, and then very last thing, uh, as we'll talk about this as we go on, but I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we begin this journey of following or better following Jesus. Uh, is this part that uh, in the scripture that we uh, kept reading, go to the next one, uh, that as they were coming and follow, uh, that there was this part where they had to, to leave, uh, that once they left their nets and followed him. And I just want you to be aware, and we'll talk about it more specifically in a couple of the weeks uh, coming up here. But this idea of what Jesus is calling us to to follow can't just be an add-on to everything else in our lives. It's, it's not going to work. But as you decide to start following Jesus or following Jesus in an even greater way, there's going to be some things. Some of you already know exactly what it is or maybe who it is. There might be some things that you need to leave behind because you might not be able to keep up everything else in your schedule, everything else that's in your priorities, everything else that you want to do, and follow Jesus. And so I just want you to be aware that as God starts to bring things to your heart and to your mind, that he will call you to some things that you're supposed to move towards, and there might be some things that God is calling you away from. Uh, but as we do, if we decide that we want to take steps to together follow Jesus, what I believe that we will find is that in him, and really only in following him, is the full life that all of us are promised and can start to live in today. Uh, so let me pray for you, and then we're going to uh, have some time for reflection. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for your invitation to follow. And my hope is that for myself and that for everyone who's watching online and everyone that's in this room and anyone who might watch later, that we can take steps towards being a group of people that just are right in tow following behind. Uh, as I was following Edgar through the streets of Guatemala, that we just follow you through the paths of our life and that where you're leading us individually, where you're leading us as groups of people, as you're leading us as families, as you're leading us with decisions with our money and with our time and with our talents and with where we're going to put our energy, that you just lead us in such a way that we are just behind you and following you. And that as we do, we find a full and meaningful life. Name we pray. Thank you.